You're listening to an Indiesaurus production. I'm not good news. It's Just the good stuff, baby. All right, uh, folks. Welcome to episode Radish episode 215. Feels like a dream. That's my new thing, is making <laughs> kind of rhymes with those. All right. Slant. Slant rhymes. <laughs> I'm Will. Uh, I'm, I'm running the show this week, uh, which means we're going to talk about some nerdy crap. Um, who else we got on, on the pod today? It's me, Sean, talking about uh, scary crap. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, I'm Tyler, and I'm taking a crap. It's it's true. We're not streaming tonight, so Tyler is coming to you live in, in the bathroom. Com- Mr. Bathroom's back. <laughs> Mr. Bathroom's back. Mr. Bathroom is not gross. Mr. Bathroom knows what he's about. Yeah, 100. <laughs> but he's not gross. He's not crude. He's just like he's, he's a little bit ashamed. Um, Sean does have for those of you who are not watching us on Twitch, like you should be. Um, sh- we're, not, we're not streaming this one. Um, Sean does have a copy of the Phantom Thread soundtrack behind him. <laughs> a movie what? I don't remember is having a particularly striking OST. <laughs> oh, it's gorgeous. It's Johnny Greenwood. It's very lush. It's very pretty. Um, Love to throw that on and pound some butt ices. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's great. I, I throw it on. I make myself dinner and I ask Peyton, you want me to make you dinner? And she goes, no. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> The, the Phantom Thread soundtrack is the sequel to the Seabat nonsense. Now people are sleeping, uh, are, are fucking to Phantom Thread. are sleeping to Phantom <laughs> Honestly, throw on the House of Woodcock. <laughs> They're making love. Throw on that track. It, you'll hear it and be like, oh, no, this is gorgeous. It's great. I'll say it. Reynolds Woodcock was robbed for Freakiest Freak. <laughs> You're right. He was You're way up there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Retroactive. Yeah. Retroactive. Freakiest Freak. In memoriam. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, a freakiest freaking memoriam segment. Oh, man. Lizzie, you got it. Lizzie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we got a great show tonight. Um, Hoopa Stank is here. Uh, we got... <laughs> we're talking about a uh, chess tournament gone sexual. Um, a cool nursing home who the malicious left has forced to apologize. Uh, oh. Tyler's talking about... Uh, uh, a, a video game. Sean's talking about. It looks like he forgot to type it, but I think it's a movie. Uh, <laughs> it's the movie. I'm going to be talking about the Souls-like genre, um, like every other YouTuber on Earth. And then we're going to be talking about games that were hard as hell when we couldn't didn't have object permanence. Um, <laughs> and were they actually hard, or were we six? Um, uh, so let's get right into it. Tyler, you brought this news story. I refuse to read it. I will riff on it, but I need you to I need you to put this into the onto the airwaves. Okay. I'm gonna be honest with you, I didn't read past the headline either. I just oh. read the headline and I was like, you know what? Well this I is did perfect. Okay. So Sean's gonna cover it. Sean went read deep. the headline. <laughs> <laughs> Not as deep as this guy though. Yeah. This is uh what I like to call the King's Gambit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I called it Bishop to A Hole. <laughs> Very good. Uh, basically, the world's greatest chess player, Magnus Carlsen, uh, in the past couple weeks, uh, lost a match to an up-and-coming grandmaster, um, whose name... I, Hans Niemann. Hans Niemann. Uh, he lost to him in a tournament, and then the next day, uh, 
Carlson said he was leaving the tournament, um, and he lightly implied there was some cheating going on. And that set the entire chess world ablaze because people were trying to theorize how could he be cheating? Like, what could possibly be going on? And it eventually, I don't know what grounds they have for this, but it eventually <laughs> led to the theory that Carlson's opponent, Neiman, was cheating through a vibrating, can we say the A word or could I just say sex toy? <laughs> could I say? You can say whatever oh, you want to say. He's, it was a, a, a node. Fi- Let's say it's a node. Uh, an anal uh, plug node uh, vibrating. <laughs> Uh, it was telling him like that it was a computer feeding him information of like which moves to make and what to predict and that sort of thing. And so now it's just kind of like this like great controversy in the chess world that uh, someone has very creatively used a sex toy to potentially cheat against the greatest living chess player. It would be funny if he did have this thing installed, but just it wasn't for cheating. It was just for fun. <laughs> so you caught me. <laughs> so I'm saying the King's Gambit, man. You could be using it for fun or for work. and So has anyone... I mean, is it in the rules, the big book of chess rules, that he couldn't do this? Well, it's still cheating, Tyler. It's air butt well, rules, Tyler. Nowhere in, the, <laughs> nowhere in the rule book does it say a computer in your butt can't tell you how to play. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. Maybe the fact that he went through all that is enough. Like, if you are being fed like information that could help you succeed in a game that what if you had a piece of information cheating (laughs) what if you had a piece of information fed directly through your rectum (laughs) i hear it's that's how you get it more directly yeah (laughs) it goes to your brain faster through your butt yeah (laughs) butt chugging chess moves (laughs) that's the episode title we got it we got it we're like five minutes in we got it i'm just is there anything else okay try to think of like the greatest, you know, athletes or professionals, people that we have ranked number one. Is there any other thing that you could use a vibrating butt plug to help you succeed against? That's them? why Lance Armstrong was pedaling so fast. <laughs> I think I think Tom Brady uses one, but I think maybe never mind. I can't make this joke. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you have to. <laughs> I can't. You have to. I can't even. I can't even. <laughs> it involves a son. It involves a son. I can't. I can't. Tyler, these I'm stopping my football text group chats are poisoning your mind. I like how Tyler was all in, and then he had a moment of like lucidity. <laughs> lucidity, where he was like, "Oh my god, I can't do this." I've said enough things on here that would keep me from running for public office. I. <laughs> I, I don't need to continue down this road. Uh, just a point of information. There's zero proof that this guy is doing this. This is a yeah. Reddit. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought, no, they, sh- a, I thought they shook him down and found him. No, no, this is a, this is a popular theory. theory. Yeah. Has he come out and said no? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He's not don't denying know. it. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, this is Reddit detectives being like, <laughs> it's in his butt. Just... <laughs> 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 Does, yeah, it's like the same people who came up with the how to kill Thanos. Is it? Is it? What did they talk about the reasoning and like how people have come to this conclusion? I mean, or I guess have. They, yeah. Wow. It's, it's the one place they won't check. <laughs> it's like specifically, I like winces and like between before certain moves or. Yeah, he looked like he was having a great time playing chess. <laughs> usually, he what like you he's don't do way playing too much fun having chess. He must have been cheating. He was whistling the whole time. 
So the theory is that a computer was feeding him moves. Which I, I, is, the, is the camera that's talking to the computer also in his body? Like, what is that? <laughs> How much infrastructure is there in yeah, there? No, that's right. How does the computer know these moves? Or is there like a third-party observer who's like like a man who looks like Slugworth from Willy Wonka who's just like pressing the button on his iPhone? May, maybe we should consider that the apparatus is a two-way communication system that like he like clenches yeah, for certain moves that, yeah exactly for what the other person's doing just love the idea of him just giving himself away like night to rook wow <laughs> also that's not a chess move whatever <laughs> it, became, it became wario for a second there and you're saying, <laughs> that's why he's doing all he's doing that that's Wario's wario wear, baby yeah wario would also do that so yeah. he does canonically Mag- that's yeah it's garlic <laughs> oh god but chugging garlic oh no <laughs> that's, that's why he talks like that yeah that was a normal person <laughs> He was like a respected businessman before he, he just got curious one night, and the second he did it, that's when he became Wario. Yeah, the, the curious Italian. <laughs> <laughs> it's only been dangerous. Yeah, Neiman has vehemently denied that he cheated against Carlson and even went so far as to say that he would play fully naked to prove it. That, that, that's that the end goal. That, that, that was <laughs> the end goal for the whole thing. <laughs> just wild. Oh, man. I hope so, we get one more hobbyist industry to come out with a news story later this year about somehow anal bead related. <laughs> you said it. After, hey. after so much beating around the bush, you said Congratulations. You jumped off the high dive. <laughs> um, up next, we got a, a nursing home in... Where is this? Sorry, it's loading. Um, <laughs> oh I bet it's in Arizona. Um, I, think, I believe it's in Taiwan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> the Arizona of Southeast Asia. Uh, yeah, it's, it's in Taiwan. Um, they <laughs> approved a stripper for their mid-autumn festival, which is an important holiday in Chinese culture where people gather to celebrate the rice and wheat harvests. <laughs> this is basically Earth Day. Yeah. <laughs> in this veterans' home, a state-run facility for retired Taiwanese army personnel hired a, hired a stripper. Um. And there's a video online of of the stripper, you know, doing her thing, and <laughs> let me tell you, the Taiwanese veterans are loving it. They're clapping along. <laughs> sure, <laughs> they look like they're having the time of their life. And then people were got on Twitter and were like, "You can't do this." And, oh, who are the uh, wet blankets that are coming out and saying you can't even get a stripper nowadays? Uh, point of information: Everyone in this video is wearing a mask. This is oh, the good. safest, the safest nursing home lap dance party I've ever seen. Um. Uh, also, there is there is a guy, uh, like crossing the boundary of what you can do for a hired stripper. Uh, oh no! Uh, but I mean, I mean, he's like eighty, and she doesn't seem to have a problem with it. But everyone looks like they're having a great time. Okay. Uh, he's run, he's running off the clock at this point. He could touch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's 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 at the goal line. This was uh, this was to raise uh, raise the uh, residents' spirits over the holidays due to the. Uh, the uh, event was canceled previous years due to COVID. Um, and the, the headline's so great, because the headline says, uh, it's from the New York Post, for the show. Uh, <laughs> Nursing home hires stripper for seniors in wheelchairs. We are very sorry. <laughs> 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 it's 
sounds like it was an accident. It wasn't. Yeah. They were no. just like, oh, we're hiring a stripper for our nursing home party. Yeah. And then this they got found out. Yeah, absolutely. This was not like, oh, we meant to hire this person. But like, no, they hired a stripper and uh, the malicious left is attacking them <laughs> <laughs> for I, being cool. <laughs> I feel most sorry for the group that has to follow this act. I feel most sorry for the high school chorus class that has to come in about three or four weeks and sing, I, I don't know what occasion, but <laughs> they have to like, well, they already got the time of their lives and now we just have to go sing these songs to them. Like, of course they're not going to enjoy us. <laughs> She's hoping one of them dies. Have you ever done a performance so erotic that it kills a man? <laughs> Believe She's it or not. To. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's <laughs> one performance of Grease in high school where Tyler really nailed it. <laughs> you, you asked the question. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, there was that one time. Uh, I dropped the picture in the group chat of the guy uh, going above and beyond. Uh, and yeah. I, I'm, here's the thing. I'm not saying that if you're... Uh, have hired a stripper, you can you can cross boundaries. Absolutely not. Of course not. I'm saying that this guy looks like he's about to die. <laughs> and he is he is no danger. <laughs> he doesn't know where he is. This this he picture like the first man. Used. This picture <laughs> it's it an looks man. <laughs> this picture looks like it would be used for like a greeting card in Hallmark in like two thousand four about like yeah. turning fifty or some shit. <laughs> Happy for these folks. Uh yeah, I mean, you know, sorry for life. Well, you got it. The PR team for this <laughs> this uh, retirement home. The retirement home says the intention of the event was to entertain residents and make them happy. We are very sorry for the offense that it's caused. Uh, no offense, no worry. <laughs> Radish endorsed. Radish Radish loves succeeded. everything going on here. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's all the good news this week. Uh, you guys got any good stuff? Yeah, I got some pretty good stuff. All right, tell me, because I don't have any. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) There's the good stuff. (laughs) I watched, uh, since we last recorded, I watched two pretty recent movies from earlier this year. Um, The first being Elvis. Uh, the Baz Luhrmann directed, written and directed biopic of Elvis Presley starring Austin Butler and Tom Hanks uh, which is now streaming on HBO Max I remember uh, when it came out I was like, I'm not going to pay for that, but I'm going to stream it the minute I can and we practically did Uh, and I I don't regret it but it is Baz Luhrmann, did you guys ever see like The Great Gatsby or Moulin Rouge? Yes, of course Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm putting Uh, the type It's Baz Luhrmann is just fantastic at committing psychic damage on his viewers and the term and like, and just like with performances, editing, visuals, uh, storytelling it, none of it just, it all is just splatter on a wall and you're He's a great to kind of illustrator. Yeah. He's not the a good in, storyteller. <laughs> the inside of his head uh, is a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> and Elvis is a nightmare. Uh, also, Butler puts in a great performance. I will say he's fantastic. The story is interesting. It made me more interested in Elvis, and I like listening to Elvis music. Uh, Tom Hanks, we're, we've got to forget 2022 when it comes to Tom Hanks. It's he's not having a good year, man. Colonel Tom Parker and Geppetto, who it's he's Two not freaks. having. Yeah, <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Um, but I mean, it's got some like 
good musical sequences. Uh, but apart from that, it's it's incomprehensible. Um, but I do I I'll you know working it. in a record store, you have a lot of people coming up asking about Elvis, asking about the soundtrack, saying like, oh, you got to see it, it's wonderful. And I will say to give this movie its credit, it does have a great finale that I could see easily fooled people into leaving the theater think they had saw a good movie for the uh, previous two and a half hours. Um, but when you think about a whole picture, it doesn't uh, talk about Elvis's, uh, one, how he died. doesn't get into that. It's kind of like, yeah, sorry, That's Tyler. the best part. That's the best part of Elvis. I know. It, it just kind of like a newspaper flashes on the screen. It says, Elvis dead. And like, how well, many I guess we're fried here banana sandwiches does he eat on screen? Not a single one. <laughs> Does not Damn even it. does not even touch a fried banana peanut butter sandwich. Uh, I I guarantee you, weird is going to have at least one Twinkie Wiener sandwich scene. Absolutely, <laughs> and and Elvis has skipped over the most important part of Elvis lore. <laughs> I learned about this reading the trivia, but I, I think it was something I learned in the past. But Elvis was like apparently like a super dork for new technology. Like he was one of the first people in America to have like a portable cellular phone in his car. He like got a brand new TV or computer or something. And he was like so psyched about it. Didn't talk about it at all. The um, E in Epcot stands for Elvis. Yeah. What? <laughs> Love it stands for Elvis, Presne- Elvis Presley's <laughs> City of Tomorrow. Elvis Presley's City of Tomorrow. <laughs> Didn't even talk about Epcot. There's the second part of our title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's uh, if you want to donate two hours and 40 minutes to just flashing lights, it's a lot of time. It's a long movie. If you want to donate a lot of that to just like flashing lights and incomprehensible storytelling and just over the top performances, go for it. Usually, I'm the type of person who really enjoys that. For some reason, Baz Luhrmann, he he transcended it into just it's woof, it's Dang. it's a chore. We got a badish review here, folks. Yeah, badish. It's review. badish. I, um, I, I'm interested. What Sean said has not totally turned me off of it. I was I was I had no expectations of this movie besides sure. the fact it's going to be crazy. But I'll I'll still throw this on. This is a yeah. mealtime. This is a mealtime movie. It's it's worth throwing on if you're just like, yeah, fuck it, why not? And you'll a see. Mealtime movie. How long are your meals? Oh well, I start about four. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Baz Luhrmann. He's a bastard menace wreaking havoc upon this earth and the conscious minds of mankind. But his movies, they are spectacular. To the I'm glad he's doing it. The greatest degree. Honestly, yeah, you know, we need someone doing it, and he's someone doing. has to. Here's the thing: the soundtrack, not so bad. It's got a, it's got a Doja Cat Elvis. song. It's got, I think it's got a Tame Impala song, uh, that are just like mashups with Elvis songs. It's not so bad. Can't fault the man. Does it use the the Junkie XL a little less conversation? The no, best Elvis remix. Oh, I don't man. think a little less conversation even comes into the movie. It's the theme song to the NBC's Las oh, Vegas. <laughs> Josh Dumel. <laughs> Um, and I also watched uh, the prequel for the newest A24 horror movie that just came out last weekend. Um, the prequel of the movie is uh, X, directed by Ty West, starring Mia Goth, Kid Cudi, um, and uh, uh, Brittany Snow and a bunch of other folks. And it's, if you've ever seen a Ty West movie, you know exactly what you're getting into. It's like, oh, does this look like a, a, a slasher movie where about a... a, a a pornography crew going to an abandoned strange farmhouse and slowly getting picked off one by one. Yep. That's it. I'm in the movie. It's fun. It's not scary. It's gory. It's fun, but it's, it's, it's what it says on the 10. Uh, fortunately, Pearl looks, uh, the, the sequel to it, uh, which like I said, just came out last week. looks a lot more fun with Mia goth, uh, uh, returning to the franchise as Pearl. Um, 
It's and they've greenlit a third one too. Yeah, they greenlit a third one on about uh, on called Maxine, and I'm not going to tell you you know those characters. I wish I would have seen X before I knew about all the sequels, because um, ah. I feel like that would have been like it would have been cool to see like oh cool they're continuing the story, but to know like I'm watching X and Pearls coming along um, was just kind of like oh okay I kind of I got the whole gist of the thing. You know, Pearl makes fun, it. Yeah, um, it's a fun movie. It's a you know if you're looking for a fun slasher this year x is probably it pearl is probably it too um yeah you know some uh, pretty good seven out of ten movies watched over five out of ten and Elvis. one baddish one radish so yeah law of equivalent exchange yeah mm-hmm. uh i i downloaded x a while ago it's just, x is like one of those movies that's like hell or high waters the same way my friend and I were talking about this recently, where it's like, it's one of those movies you have on retainer, and you're like, if I run out of movies, I'll watch this. Yeah. <laughs> In case of emergency, watch X. <laughs> but now that it's now that it's spooky season, I'm more inclined to. Yeah. That's the thing. It's not even scary. It's just kind of like, ah, oh, wow. The Lonely Stoner tries to free his mind at night. <laughs> Was, is he good in it? I didn't even know it was Kid Cudi. But yeah, he's he's good. The cast is good. Like the every part of it's really good. It's probably my favorite Ty West movie to date. Uh but it's just like for an A twenty four like produced movie, fortunately it like is a full meal. You don't leave it going like, Well, that was a nice idea, like you did with like lamb or it comes at night or something. With this one, it's just like, ah, cool. Start to finish, fun. That's the best I could say. Weird that A twenty four is greenlit two sequels. Because A24 is not a big, like, franchise house. Yeah, that's true. But apparently, like, Pearl was made alongside X. Like, they were uh, in the same location. Interesting. Uh, like Ty West wrote Pearl, like, when they were in, like, lockdown before they started shooting X. So, and he had Mia Goth there, and they were like, yeah, let's just do it. So, it, I think they were just, they had fun doing it, and all the more power to them. Horror movies seem fun to make. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. They seem like the, the most fun to hang out on. Like, I wouldn't want to hang out on, like, a... I mean, I would, but I wouldn't want to be, like, hanging out on, like, a Daniel Day-Lewis set. Just, like, yeah. tense and afraid. Or, <laughs> yeah, Phantom Thread. Wouldn't want to be a fly on that wall. Uh, Tyler, you also brought X. Yeah, I did. Um, I'm talking about Xenoblazed Chronic 3. Sorry. <laughs> Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, <laughs> I'm picking up the torch Dr. Where... Dre game. <laughs> <laughs> Xenoblazed. Um, I'm picking up the torch where Will left off. Uh, Will had a very emphatic review of Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I want to say, almost a year ago. Um, And uh, I picked it up because of Will's recommendation and also seeing that Xenoblade Chronicles 3 was coming out and just had an amazing time. It is The writing is is fantastic. Call me Mr. USA Network because the characters are welcome. Um, the, the The battle mechanics are so fun. There's a little bit of a learning curve to kind of figure out how to do the combos and, you know, work with your team members and stuff like that. But it's so just, it's so fun. And so, like, um, I don't know. It, it's just, it, it becomes easy and it becomes just, you know, it, it makes really long battles just really fun to do. So Xenoblade Chronicles 3, JRPG, uh, Monolith Soft, who's pretty much been making Xenoblade Chronicles and Xenosaga games from since the beginning of time. Um, but they also Gears. run support Xeno Gears. Yeah, uh, if it has a Xeno on it, it's it's you can safely assume it's monolith soft soft um they also do support for other nintendo games they worked on the breath of the wild series they worked on animal crossing series and the splatoon series so um definitely heavily rooted in, in that nintendo landscaped um but uh 
what's really great about Xenoblade is I'm talking about the third one, which is actually the fourth game in the series. Um, but you can start anywhere. And and the creator of the game said, you know, for any of the games, you can start. So if you want to go all the way to the beginning, uh, you could do that. If you want to start at um, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I definitely recommend it because that's a fantastic game. But you can also jump in right here at Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Um where Xenoblade Chronicles 2 had dark themes for sure, there was still a lot of like lightness and goofiness to it. We're, we're kind of throwing that out the window for Xenoblade Chronicles <laughs> 3. It's very dark, introspective uh, themes of death, loss, aging, war, child soldiers. It, it throws you right into it. Uh, and, and it does a really good job of it. Um, it's going to be kind of weird to explain the plot of Xenoblade Chronicles 3, but I'm going to try it. It takes place in this war-torn world both sides are essentially fighting with child soldiers, but the way people are born in this world, they are kind of like genetically made and come out of pods as like teenagers already. Like and our they world. Yeah, like our world, right. So I guess it's not that hard to understand. So they come out as, as pretty much, you know, teenagers. They train them up and they ship them off to war and they fight for their whole life. They serve 10 terms, which is 10 years. And if they last 10 years, then they die for their country in a beautiful ceremony where they play flutes and they turn into ether and turn into like um, little magic orbs that are floating in the sky, which is a really important part of this because when you die, you turn into these magic orbs. And that's what both of these sides are fighting over. They have giant vehicles on the battlefields that are just like soaking up all of this life energy. Like hungry, hungry hippos. Kind just, of like just, hungry, hungry just hippos. Just slamming the things. <laughs> gobble up the marbles. Exactly, exactly. But uh, kind of more carnage and um, sadness as, as you're watching literal children die. But um, the game follows six characters, three people from each side who kind of go through a traumatic experience together and come out on the other end realizing, um, you know, life doesn't have to be this way. And um, pretty much just set out and kind of figure out the underpinnings of this war, what's driving it, who's driving it. They, you know, set out to find themselves and build relationships with each other. Uh, it's a fun game. Uh, it, it's improved on everything from Xenoblade Chronicles 2, from fetch quests to the battle style to kind of reducing the amount of um, different uh, like skill trees and charts and stuff that you have to go through in Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Um, I will say this is a JRPG. I am 10 hours into this game and maybe a quarter of the way through chapter two. So buckle up <laughs> when you when you play these kinds of games. It's definitely one of those games where you're going to sink a lot of time into, especially if you're doing a lot of the side quests and stuff like that, which I would definitely recommend you do in Xenoblade Chronicles 3 because it dives into each of the six characters, like stories and stuff, and they're incredibly well-written, very dynamic characters. Um, I'm really, really enjoying it. It might be my game of the year. Um, so it's, it's fun. It's, it's a good time. I know it sounds incredibly dark, but, um, I, I think it's a good place to jump in and the Xenoblade Chronicles series. It's a good place to jump in. If you are interested in a long ass JRPG and seeing what that's all about, I think Xenoblade Chronicles series could be a good series for you to start. So I definitely recommend it emphatically, just like well recommended Xenoblade Chronicles two. It's just that good of a game. Two is one of my favorite games of all time. It's probably the top five. I mm -hmm. love two. Two is so good. No other game has given me Thunderbolt Z. <laughs> That's the fair. best character. That's fair. Really um, feeling it. <laughs> Pandora. Um, yeah, I'll check this out. I mean, I have the game. I, I bought the game. Pre-ordered it. I got yeah. the collector's thing. I Ooh. just have not. Uh, what did no. the collector's edition come with? Uh, well, nothing so far. Oh. But uh, <laughs> it came with just like just the the game on pre-order. But it also comes with like an art book and like the steel cool. and stuff. Gotcha. Beautiful art in this game. Just teared up landscapes, wastelands. It's it's been fun so far. And it's kind of a merging of one and two stories, right? Is that, yeah, is that spoilers yeah. to kind of say that it 
kind of bridges the gap between the unrelated first two games. Yeah, it, it does. And don't, don't let that scare you if you've never played any of the Xenoblade Chronicles games. I never knew the like underlining lore of Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and looked it up afterwards and was like, oh, that's cool. Like it's it, it really it doesn't have anything to to it's not like a driving factor of these games. So I like these games because they're they're MMOs basically, but single yeah. player. One hundred percent. It'd be super fun if you could play um, co op because what's cool about this game and it's different from Xenoblade Chronicles Two is there's six protagonists. When you go into battle, there are six people going into battle and they're all auto battling at the same time and you can hop between all six. It's super fun. That's cool. I'm excited to get into it once I finish Torna, which is great also. If you like to, get Torna. It's so good. The the standalone sequel. Standalone DLC prequel thing. Yeah. I'm going to play it. I was just too excited to get into Xenoblade Chronicles. I I, I understand. (laughs) Uh, Is it hard? Uh, I mean, it's about as hard as Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Like I said, there's a little bit of a learning curve to to learn the battle mechanics and stuff like that. You want to talk about some hard games, though? Oh, sorry. Mm. I'm... Didn't know this was leading. <laughs> Blow, blowing up my, uh, my my transition. Sorry. Uh, it's okay. I'm just kidding. Uh, thank you. How hard is it? So hard. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to talk about the Souls-like genre. Um, I'm from my show and tell this week. I'm going to educate you guys on Dark Souls. I'm not going to talk about lore. That's oh. one thing I'm not going to touch on. Yeah, I'm sorry, Sean. I know that's a good thing. The Vati Vidya. V a a t i. V I D Y A. Go to his channel. He is the 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 master of the FromSoft lore. I can't hold a candle to what he does. I'm Go sure watch there's a him. new Nintendo Podcast XL podcast about a Souls game too. I know Bran is a huge fan of that series. Oh, so Bran's great. Yeah, should check that check out, out on Indiesaurus. On <laughs> Indiesaurus production. Um, I want to talk about the Souls like genre though, mm-hmm. kind of the not the lore but the the the, the design choices. And how it came to be, because uh, it's very rare that a new genre pops up. Uh, you got, you know, you, you got your platformer, you got your your rhythm game, you got your shooter, um, and then kind of within that, you get the kind of niche like roguelike and stuff. But Souls like popped up as a genre fairly recently. I'd say it's probably one of the newer genres, maybe besides like looter shooter mm-hmm. of a video game. And it's really hard to quantify. Like, it's really hard to, to, to quantify what these games are. Uh, they're games that are like Dark Souls, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of, if you can distill it down to a couple of things, and obviously not every game in the genre is going to have all these things, but they're RPGs where dying means losing everything, but you have some sort of risk-reward system to get it back. There are permanent upgrades. There is a very interconnected Metroidvania, which is a very similar a genre that kind of is also nebulous and hard to define uh, the style of exploration. And then there's a risk reward system uh, without like an outright fail state, like a roguelike, which would have you die and then restart from ground zero. Gotcha. So, so when can I just say what I think? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a roguelike fan because they're hard. Um, yeah. But uh, not a roguelike I mean, fan I'm, either. I'm a fan of, sorry, not rogue. I like roguelike. I like Hades. I, I, I like, I'm sorry. I talk about souls games. Um, I haven't oh. played a lot of souls games because they're hard, but when I think Souls games, I think long time between saves. Um, I also think it's all in one kind of linear path, right? Uh, they can be. They can be? Okay. Because I'm thinking Elden Ring is, is totally open world, but that's still Souls-like, right? Elden Ring has... It's an open world, but there are Dark Souls levels that you kind of warp into. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. So you, gotcha. you go to like a castle and then there's like a loading screen and you're basically in a souls level. Oh, uh, okay. I gotcha. But there is an open world around that, which you can explore and stuff and, and I'll get into it. But Elden Ring is, I think everyone should play Elden Ring. I think Elden Ring is the, I will get into why these games are good, why these games are designed the way they are. And like the whole kind of toxic difficulty discussion is very much an American imposed thing. Like mm-hmm. that's not, not the intent. Um, so it starts off with Hidetaka Miyazaki uh, working at From Software. He worked on the Armored Core series, a, a, a series of robot fighting games. And he decided that there was a lost genre of games. That games today gave you a compass, they give you waypoints, they give you quests. Mm-hmm. Like, games can be difficult, but mostly they, they tell you where to go. It's like, all right, now go to this place, now go to this place, now go to this place. And he kind of longed for that long lost uh, niche genre of. Uh, PC RPGs where you'd have like no, you have to like read a book to find out where to go and you have to like talk to your friends and it like really wasn't clear. He only wanted to bring that back. And, and FromSoft made a game called Kingsfield in the 90s, which was that. And he said, like, he, didn't want, he didn't want to make like Kingsfield 2 or anything, but he wanted to make a similar game that was very much like uh, dark fantasy inspired with like you had to like dive into lore and stuff like that to know what's going on. And FromSoft was at a place where they were like, yeah, just go for it. We don't care. <laughs> we can take the loss. This is a Hail Mary. Just spin what you want. And so he made Demon Souls. And Demon Souls, I, I'm still not sure if it's Demon's Souls or Demon's Souls. Or like, yeah. I don't know if, the, how the. If it's possessive or. If, or, is, or is it the soul or of the demon or they own the souls is as it a all demon? the souls of the demon? Or is it, one, <laughs> is it a bunch? Of, yeah, it's, 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 it's a joke in Crazy Ex Girlfriend. They go to a bar called Spiders. Mm. She's like, is it spider apostrophe S or is it spiders? <laughs> like apo- like just S. And she goes to the bar and it's spiders S apostrophe. <laughs> like, oh, it's all multiple spiders. spiders. <laughs> uh, so they made Demon Souls in 2009. And uh, they kind of made Demon Souls. Like they kind of got one over on Sony because Sony was their, their boss. And they, uh, they thought of a bunch of systems that they think would be cool to see in a game. And they like kind of on purpose didn't tell Sony about them. In the meetings, they kind of beat it around the bush and like didn't show them the full game until it was basically ready to launch because they didn't want them to interfere and be like, no, make this easy or like make this like the other games. And they, they added a couple systems to it. The first was the Souls system, which uh, for those of you who never played a Souls game, uh, the Souls system is when you kill an enemy, you get XP, which is like your currency. And when you die, you drop all of your XP where you died. And you have your next life to go back to that spot and pick it up. And if you die getting to that spot, you lose it forever. Minecraft. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's a Minecraft clone. And uh, they did that um, because they, they decided they couldn't make a difficult game uh, if there wasn't some sort of stake. They were like, if, if it's difficult and you beat it, but you're not like, there's nothing to lose. It doesn't feel good. So they wanted to make you like overcome an obstacle while holding a bunch of money, basically. <laughs> because that was the way they decided to... Uh, uh, do that, and they, and they didn't tell Sony any of this because they were just like, no, they're going to tell us to drop this. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, permadeath was floated, where they were like, oh. what if you just had to restart the whole game? <laughs> and so uh, that was scrapped. So thankfully, um, uh, so there's these difficult, difficult games. There's no map. There's no waypoints. There's no uh, menu screen saying go talk to this guy. So you just kind of got to go find the next save point. While you're, you know, holding all of these this money, which you could lose at any moment, which kind of makes it exciting, it very makes much makes it like you know, hair in the back of your neck sticking up when you're like, all right, there should be a save point soon. I have forty thousand souls. Mm-hmm. Where is it? And it, it really, it's a it's a fun feeling. 
but uh, it is it is devastating when you lose him. Um, so to get around this, uh, Miyazaki was once uh, in the snow mm-hmm. trying to go up a hill in his car, and he noticed that the entire line of cars going up the hill, the car behind you was pressing the car in front of them up the hill, mm-hmm. getting them over, and then the car behind them was pressing on them up and over the hill. And they were doing this wordlessly. They weren't like getting out of the car and being like, hey, would you push me? They were just like, every car saw what was going on, was like, this guy's having a hard time. I'm going to help him out. Push. Next car was like, I see it. Push. And he was like, I, I, I bet I can make a game that used the same principle, where you could co-op without using words, just by like seeing someone having a hard time and helping them out. And that's what created the co-op system in, in Dark Souls, which is kind of the, the how you get around the difficulty of it. Because you can drop down your summoning sign, someone can summon you in. There's no voice chat, so you can't be like, duck now. You just gotta you just gotta hop in and just wordlessly fight. And you can leave notes too. Uh, you can leave notes as like you know, enemy ahead, and then if someone sees that note and likes it, they can hit like and it gives you a full heal wherever you are uh, in the world. Nice. Oh, nice. So he created this thing as like a way to wordlessly help each other without needing voice chat, without forming raid parties. Because when you do co-op, uh, you, you co-op up before a boss and then after the boss is over, you disperse. So you, you're not like forever. And then like if you die, you gotta resign them. So it's kind of a pain in the butt, but it's also meant to be like you and this person are here for this one experience and then when it's over, you gotta find a new person or like you, 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 this person is not your friend forever. They are for this obstacle. And that really didn't translate to the American audience because it kind of became a pissing contest of like, I beat, <laughs> I beat this boss with no armor and a stick. Let me and, solo and the, A DDR mat. And well, let me solo is also kind of a story of like what he intended is like this hero who was helping people. He's, 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 he's Josuke's hero who pushes yeah. his car in the snow. Right. Um, and it was kind of meant to be this like kind of wholesome system that I feel like it has this kind of bad rep now of, of these toxic hard games, but it's, it's meant to be a game where you help people out and you, and you use all the tools he's given you. Um, some other things he wanted was he didn't want the story to be told in cutscenes. He wanted it to be told like in the books, mm. which, uh, it's much wise. All the items are told mostly through, uh, all the lore is through item descriptions. So you gotta like read that. You, if you, you can play the entire game and have no idea what's happening. And then he also used European folklore instead of Japanese, which most JRPGs use Japanese folklore is their kind of basis. And he wanted to use like King Arthur tales, Nordic folklore and stuff to pull from. Uh, some other quirks of the series is you can't pause because you are always online and someone could raid you at any point. Uh, you can't pause. So it makes it hard. You can't like pause uh, prep for fights or anything like that. No, you're always on. You're always on. Jeez. And so it's gotten this, 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 I think kind of unfair, um, reputation of being way too difficult when these are all design choices they're like if you play it the kind of the way that's intended mm-hmm. it's hard but he's Do giving it. you so many tools to get around it yeah. and there's weird guys on reddit who were like no you don't summon that's cheating it's like no it's it's part it's part of it right yeah um it's a wonderful genre uh just a real quick run through of the main games in it uh demon souls 09 brought in the soul system uh, it's pretty much just like levels with a hub, like Crash Bandicoot, where you, hmm. you warp into a level and play it and then get the end, you warp out. Dark Souls, 2011. Um, the first Dark Souls game added this kind of interconnected open world, genius level geometry. Look up Dark Souls world map 3D model. You will find a mind-blowing web-based 3D model of the Dark Souls map and how all the different areas overlap. And uh-huh. it's just, I don't know how they did it. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dark Souls 2 and 3 are just kind of refinements of Dark Souls 1. They're great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sekiro, 
uh, kind of the FromSoft outlier because it's not an RPG. There's no granular upgrade health, upgrade magic, upgrade this. It's just a fighting game. Oh. Like you have to parry, you have to attack, you have skill trees, but that just gives you more moves. Everyone does mm. the same damage and has the same health. It's so, but because of that, the combat in those games is mwah, because they don't have to balance it for a hundred different builds. They balance it for the one build which you have to do, and it is the best sword fighting I ever played in a game. Sekiro is second to none sword fighting combat, so good. But Souls formula, uh, Bloodborne mix things up by giving you no shield. So you can't play defensively. You have to play offensively. And they incentivize this by by when you lose health, when you attack an enemy, you gain it back. So uh, okay. if you get hit in Dark Souls, you, you retreat back, heal up, go back in for another hit. In Bloodborne, if you get hit, you get in there and start hitting them back because they <laughs> get your health back. Uh, and Elden Ring is kind of a cosmic gumbo of all these things. Uh, um, <laughs> it has uh, the, the Dark Souls very granular system of, of uh, RPG build building. But it has like Bloodborne uh, items and stuff like that, and it has you know Sekiro combat, and it's it's, it's so good. Elden Ring's so good, um, but because the Souls like genre has made a, a billion dollars, um, there is a lot of um, Souls like copycats, kind of like, like, like it's a whole genre now. Yeah, we got we got Lords of the Fallen, we got Titan Souls, we got Dark Mouse, we got Salt and Sanctuary, we got Neo, The Surge, Dead Cells. Remnant from the Ashes, which is Dark Souls with guns. Nice. Um, uh, Code Vein, Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, yeah. Souls-like game. Yeah. Um, that was Ranger of Paradise Final Fantasy. Also, like, if you're playing any of these games, Hollow Knight is a Metroidvania Souls-like game where you uh. play... Uh, it has the same Souls system, but uh, where you have to, like, go back and pick up your, your points when you die. Um, but it's side-scrolling. But it's side-scrolling. But it's... it's, it's, it's 2D Metroid with Souls games. Got it. Mm. Um, so the, the point of all of this is that the Souls genre has a lot of really cool things that you should check out because Miyazaki put those things there for you. Like, the number of times I have died to some bullshit geometry <laughs> or something like that. It's like I got stuck in the level and a boss one-shotted me. I was playing Elden Ring before I played this, before I recorded this. I one-shotted a boss. It was the nice. best feeling of my life. Um, I There is a weapon uh, that's like a really good sorcery weapon. I equipped a spell that's a Kamehameha. I equipped another spell, which boosts all of your spells. And then I equipped an item, which gives you unlimited magic for 10 seconds. So I walked in the thing. I sent out a ghost to distract the boss. While he was fighting the ghost, I put down the, the spell to boost my spells. And then I chugged the weapon that boosted my ma- mana. And then I Kamehameha'd him for 15 seconds straight until he died. That's amazing. It was a, a one-move kill. That people will say that's cheating. That's not cheating. They put it in the game mm-hmm. for you. If you want to, you can absolutely no armor, melee only, fight these things. But Elden Ring, especially, gives you so many options to tackle these bosses, whether it's co op or I have my, my, my summon that I use is Black Knife Tish, who's just an absurdly good ghost you can summon. It's really hard to get. I cheesed to get her because <laughs> I could. Um, but yeah, get Elden Ring. I think it's a great jumping in point. George Martin, Martin, Martin wrote the dang story. Mm. Uh, it's cool. Watch Vati video for the lore, but cheese, summon, abuse, get in there, call for help. Um, the soul is like genre is, is, is for everyone. And that's the kind of thing I wanted to talk about. <laughs> it's for it, the kids. It's for the kids. It's for, cause I feel like it gets, it gets a bad rap of like, it's kind of toxic it thing. And like, it does. Yeah. No, it's, it's meant 
to be challenging, but like meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's always kind of drawn me to the games. That's why I've tried, uh, I think, Bloodborne like two or three times now, um, is that I want that sense of satisfaction that comes with like trying and trying and getting it better and getting better and then finally succeeding. That, yeah, as far as I know, in gaming is like unparalleled outside of the Soulsborne genre. Um, and, and you never feel like, um, like Devil May Cry, Kingdom Hearts games, where you just kind of button mash. Mm-hmm. I've, I've won boss battles where it's like, I don't know how I won that, but I got through. Souls, it's very deliberate. Like, you have to be know what you're doing to win. So, it's all the victories feel like, I did it, and not like, I did it somehow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I hit. Wait, Sean, did you say you didn't finish the Bloodborne games? Oh, oh, this segment I'm going to sit out if we're talking about games we <laughs> haven't finished. Bloodborne, Bloodborne's incredibly difficult. Yeah. I, with the Soulsborne, like with From Software games, I've always gotten real interested in the uh, lore, uh, Bloodborne especially, and Elden Ring. Again, shout out to Fati Vidya. The, he tells the stories in such a satisfying way. Um, but trying to get into the games myself, I've never been a really good gamer as we all know um so it's like i'll put it i'll pick it up for like two hours and then uh just kind of forget that i I tried and not get back to it for another eight months and then i try again future press has put out two hardcover 500 page volumes of guide for elden ring which i have pre-ordered which contains all of the lore all of the art all of the everything i am so excited for Late October, I think, is the North American <laughs> release date. Far after I finish the game, but just to go through and because they're 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 crazy games. That's a good coffee table book right there. It is. You can borrow them. <laughs> um, I guess y'all have any questions about the the Souls like genre? No, I mean that was a very comprehensive overview of yeah. of of it, and um, dispelled my previous notions of of it being way too hard. Uh, but uh, I I. I Jedi Fallen Order was hard. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Elden Ring's going to win Game of the Year. I'm sorry. It's That's just, fine. No, no. It, it, yeah, it well won Game of the Year in Japan. It already. Yeah. It, it's, I don't think it's, it's, I don't I, think Souls-type games are bad by any means. And uh, the people yeah. who absolutely love them, like, again, new Nintendo Podcast XL, Brand absolutely loved that game. Um, so. I, I'm just saying that people are going to see it win Game of the Year and be like, oh, I wish I could play it. No. But like, you can't. No. Elden Ring has so many vehicles which you can you can take or and like they're I mean yeah like it's grinding like you're gonna have to put in a little more work if you don't want to level one no armor one shot the boss right but there is so many routes that are the you know quote unquote Reddit not optimal way to play yeah, <laughs> which yeah. like yeah I guarantee you the Kamehameha one shot was not how they designed uh, Moog Lord of Blood to be beaten but like. They put it in the game. I did it. I didn't game shark it. Yeah. When did we start putting merit in Redditors? Let's be honest. <sighs> they get so much karma. Um, no, but the, 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 it, this happens every time. So yeah, you beat a the game and, yeah, if you if you summoned. It's like no, Ornstein and Smo are the kind of uh, poster child Dark Souls boss. It's a giant guy with a hammer and a very tiny quick guy with a spear. They're Pikachu and Snorlax, um, and they're really really hard. They're, they're the, the biggest hurdle in Dark Souls 1. Um, I couldn't tell you how I beat most Dark Souls bosses. I know how I beat Ornstein Smo. I 
walked to their boss room. I saw there was a summon sign down. I summoned a guy. A naked wizard with a staff showed up and killed them in one hit and then disappeared into the mist. I'll never forget it. That's amazing. If I had grinded for hours and scraped by a victory, that probably would have felt great. I loved the naked wizard showing up. No armor, just a big old staff putting it down like Gandalf, killing that thing in one hit. Amazing. Which is like the Let Me Solo, which is the story of the M- M- Melania is the is the hard boss in in Elden Ring, mm-hmm. and somebody on Reddit was like, I I summoned help. The summon ghost that showed up was named Let Me Solo Her, <laughs> and he basically because he had moats too. He he showed up in a loincloth with a pot on his head and two swords and did the most beautiful ballet dance of defeating the boss alone while I sat in the back of the room and watched. That was a beautiful time when Elden Ring first came out. There's there's a lot of oh, great man. memes from that the from the best. Turtle Pope to I saw Led Me Solo her. Like it, it was great. It was a legend. It was like, the, the it was gamer like Batman in real life because somebody else in the Reddit thread was like, I summoned him too. <laughs> it's like he helped me out. Like his unsung hero. Like there were there were cosplays at Dragon Con of Let Me Solo her. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, he's he's a, a famous player who used the system exactly as intended and and got people through the game. Amazing. Uh, wonderful game. Like I cannot I cannot say enough about the memories you will make like that through this genre of games. Like, yeah, it's hard, but like only if you go it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, a lot of games when I was a kid were hard. Wait, 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 wait. The real Elden Ring was the ring of friends we made along the way. Thank you, Sean. You, you stopped him for that? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> I talked for 20 minutes about Elden Ring. <laughs> um. Did y'all play games when you were a kid that you were like, this is impossible? Yeah, and most. You played when you had like object permanence and you were like, oh, <laughs> dumbass me. <laughs> or opposite, were there games as a kid you were like, I'm great at this. And then as an adult, you were like, how did I do it? <laughs> Tetris. Uh, it was the best Tetris, Tetris player in the world. <laughs> how about you? cheated using an anal bead. <laughs> One thing I didn't do is I never knew about normal attacks in Smash. I was like, why would I ever use the A button? Right. <laughs> like, I could just use the B button, which is better. Right. Right. Um, so when I first, uh, I had a Super Nintendo. Uh, my parents had a Super Nintendo that I played. Every, I, when I was a child child, I mean, beating Donkey Kong on fucking Donkey Kong Country on the Super Nintendo. Impossible as a kid. It, just yeah, doing no, the, the as rail. As adult, impossible. Yeah, exactly. As an adult, impossible too. So that, I wouldn't count that. I count when, like, I'm getting to a real video game age when I got the N64. My first games were Glover and Superman 64. And both of those games gave me such a complex. Uh, I and then Glover. And then, yeah, <laughs> I went back in time and looked, or ahead of time, and, and looked back at, you know, the, the toughest games of the N64. And that's, like, number one and two. So those, <laughs> those games, incredibly tough. Incredibly hard. Glover was so good. Who made I don't, it, like, what, what, what child under the age of 13 made it past the tutorial in Glover? No one. <laughs> was there a tutorial? I remember playing that game and being like, I don't know what comes next. That was the tutorial. <laughs> Interactive Studios made Glover. What else have they made? The Fairly Odd Parents, Bratz, and SpongeBob, and the Biggest Loser game. <laughs> That's a game? <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> That's how <he> left. <laughs> The biggest loser ultimate workout for Wii and DS. <laughs> Jeez. Imagine getting that under the tree. You were the biggest loser. 
<laughs> Santa Claus drops off. Your, your brothers and sisters get like laptops, also, and you get the Biggest Loser for 3DS. They made Frogger two, and they oh. made Lilo and Stitch Trouble in Paradise. <laughs> oh shit, that game slapped. I'm just kidding. I've never played that game. They've they've only made licensed games. The Lilo and Glover. Stitch game, believe it or not, is a Souls like. That's. <laughs> <laughs> they made. Let's see. They made The Mummy Returns. Which was a game in 2001. A licensed game in 2001. What platform was this? Wait, if you click on the game, it just takes you to the movie. (laughs) (laughs) They made the movie. They made the movie. They made the Reservoir Dogs game in 2006. Jesus. What even is there? Is it just like press A to talk? (laughs) Press A to cut off ear. (laughs) Press A to bleed out. (laughs) Do you tip her? No. Game over. <laughs> Unless you're playing Steve Buscemi. Sean, how about you? I This one was tough for me because I didn't really... I, I had an N64, and I remember having a Game Boy Color and a Game Boy uh, Advance and SP and things like that. But, like, it's, you know, it makes sense how I wound up the way I am today. I would get games and I'd be excited for them, and I'd put about an hour and a half into all of them, and if I couldn't figure out a way I wanted to play them, I would just stop playing them. Or if I got stuck, I would just stop playing them. A gentleman's 90. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, there, there was never like a game that got like too hard that I couldn't beat. It was just like, I remember there's this one game called Driver for my Game Boy that was like a That's proto Grand Gosling. Theft Auto. I think it might have been... <laughs> <laughs> it might have been hit with a hammer. Yeah, I think it was like a, a T-rated Grand Theft Auto game where you could just drive a car and run from the cops. And at the top, <laughs> like the start of the game, they're like, "Do you want to start a story mission?" I was like, "No, I just want to drive around and try to avoid the police officer," which is what I did. I did the same. Like, you still if do there it. was a free <laughs> skate, free play sandbox mode, I'm there. If you're trying to get me to do the story missions, I immediately drop out. So I just I never really beat games as a kid. I remember making it pretty far and destroy all humans. Don't think I finished that. Sean's like, an arcade like, mode purist. <laughs> truly, like I just kind of like I I got my satisfaction out of it, and then like I just stopped. Like the first time I really beat a game, I think was playing Portal Two, um, and that was great because it had the story, it had the fun mechanics, like it kept you engaged. It was quick. I loved it. And then I when I finally got a PlayStation Four, I you know it came with Uncharted uh, Four: Thieves End, and I put that on just like spectator mode essentially, where it's just kind of like auto aim easy enemies just enjoy the story and i did i loved it i had a blast playing it through like a two week span don't tell the redditors you did that i don't yeah. give it <laughs> <laughs> unless you uh, beat uncharted 4 on hard mode you didn't beat uncharted yeah. 4 <laughs> and then i tried to play last of us and i was like oh these controls are like this is significantly more difficult because i couldn't do like oh simple. we're a fun story mode i don't know y'all i just like i'll put the time in like i finished uh uh when i beat super mario odyssey that felt amazing because that was you know the first big like story game that i you know was able to like get through for my switch and it felt like wonderful and it's like i was able to like get little bits and pieces here and there i just i'm not the type to like sit down and donate a lot of time to a game is this why you play a lot of like plus like Fortnite and like minecraft and stuff because it's just like a pickup and it's like a toy not a story yeah yeah yeah. it's like i can like the code I could throw on Fall Guys or Fortnite, and like it's even more fun when I'm playing with friends, obviously. But like, if I want to just like put a round or two in, I can, and I can just put it down. But like when it comes to, like Breath of the Wild, it's like all right, I got an afternoon set aside. I can do like 
play through this and then I'm good. And it's like, all right, you got to progress the next part. I was like, I don't know when that'll happen. Or it's like with like Breath of the uh, Wild is pretty good about it because yeah, it's I, it's, basically just a toy. <laughs> that's the thing is that these games aren't none of this like speaks to the quality of the games. These are beautiful, excellent, like expertly made, super fun games. It's just something in my brain. It's like why I couldn't fin- finish Persona Five. It's why Spider Man is still no left unsatisfied. <laughs> uh, it's like Fire Emblem. I was like, this is sick. This is like a lot of fun, and I just haven't. It just happens. Like I don't know. You're right. Something's wrong with you. Is something wrong? I'm <laughs> just kidding. I didn't even beat Mavis Beacon as a kid. Beat me speaking. <laughs> it's a very dark game. <laughs> That's a Soulsborne, I'll tell you. Um, mine's mine's. This is embarrassing. Um, I can never get past Lieutenant Surge <gasps> in Pokemon Red. Not because I couldn't beat him, because I couldn't find the key to open the door. Oh my god! Those you trash to, like, look cans? at the trash cans. Yeah. Well, as a kid, I was yeah. never like, oh, I'll look in the trash cans. Yeah. No. Like I didn't have oh, that you didn't part even of my look. brain. You didn't even go to the trash. The trash can like puzzle is hard to figure out, especially as a child. That that I feel like game. I don't want to be like games used to be harder, but also like so much of Pokemon Red was very obtuse. <laughs> like yeah. figuring out how to get on the SS Anne. Yeah. Like I was five. I yeah. wasn't. <laughs> like Diglett's cave was so much smaller as an adult with object permanence. Right. Once I like knew how big it. When I was a kid, I was like, "This is just goes forever." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be lucky if I make that alive. I picked a Pokemon Yellow for my Game Boy Color when that came out. And then I got, I think you start off with Pikachu. And I was like, all right, cool. Game that complete. That's Game it. over. I caught, <laughs> I caught the I think, one in the box. <laughs> I was like, I have to get a badge? That sounds hard. <laughs> I don't know, man. Different kid. Different. I'm a, I don't know what it is. I was thinking when I was, when I was writing my, my little Souls outline earlier, I was thinking Pokemon's kind of similar. Because beating a Souls game without summoning is like being like, the right way to beat Pokemon is to do only rock type. Yeah. It's it's like, no, no. Like you can, you can absolutely cheese it and show it to the fire gym with Blastoise and just clean their clock. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> no. Pokemon like, fans he's in the game for that. Pokemon fans are the only fan of that. I Pokemon stadium was announced and there was an uproar. I was like, what? I was super excited for Pokemon stadium, but because you can't transfer your games from Pokemon yellow from when you were a child, how would that work? Exactly. Show me on the doll where you would put the cartridge <laughs> to get to get a 22-year-old cartridge into a emulated Switch game. I understand, like, yes, if you also emulated Pokemon Yellow, they can talk. Yeah. That's not a thing. They don't have that on the Switch. No. <laughs> the, 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 the cost it would take to hire a, a software engineer at Nintendo... Is vastly outweighs the number of bonus people who would download the, the thir- free Pokemon yeah, Stadium. The thirteen people that would actually do it, compared to the hundreds of people that are fucking complaining about it. But from production standpoint, what are you complaining about? Like, what? The, how would Just you be do happy? This? We have Pokemon yeah. Stadium. Like, come on! It's the mini games, really. That's the only. Yeah. Thing that's the that's the best part of Pokemon Stadium. And, and the rental Pokemon are fine. Like, it's uh, I don't and know. it's got online multiplayer. I think exactly. Exactly. I'm going to kick Tyler's ass with my rental Machoke. Yes. And uh, that's not a euphemism. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to go to adamandeve.com before I download Pokemon Stadium. I'm going to buzz (laughs) y'all. For this episode. Who? (laughs) Who's that on the record? (laughs) Adamandeve.com. Use the promo code. Mr. Uh, bathroom. Uh, Mr. <laughs> bathroom 25 <laughs> to be logged out of your account forever. 
it, it will forward your address to your boss. Um, <laughs> uh, if you had a game that stumped you as a kid that you revisited as an adult and were like, I was an idiot. Uh, <laughs> let us know in the, uh, in the five star review on iTunes. Yes. Post uh, five stars and say, uh, Stuart Little for Game Boy Advance. That's all you're going to say. Come on. Uh, that please. game was easy. I have vivid memories of a guy in our third grade class being very upset that he couldn't beat it. <laughs> Wait, was that me? No, it was not Tyler. Oh. <laughs> I think 9-11 got to a lot of us, though. Um, <laughs> it changed me. I put the Game Boy down. Grade. <laughs> um, yeah. Does anyone else have anything before we, before we put uh, a ball on this I got, I got a quick Tyler's question. Okay, why the frick did Kiss Ross punch Chris Ross in the penis? <laughs> oh, that reminds us we gotta do TikToksicated soon. We do, we do. Okay, I, I actually, I have, I have an actual Tyler's question. Uh, what kind of guys are you with, too? Uh, nice guys or assholes? A ancient man. A what? A ancient man. <laughs> Like 1800s? <laughs> Won't you come away with me? Don't you want to come away with me? It'll be, it'll be like before technology. It'll be like humans never existed. Then she runs away. <laughs> that is, no joke, my favorite video. <laughs> I've watched it hundreds of times. I was telling Sean, I repeat that as well as the Kiss Ross uh, shtick in my head no less than okay. 100 times a day. Okay, why the frick did Kiss Ross... <laughs> punch chris ross in the penis i say that so often um i think tiktok is ruining my mental health it's not making me yeah. sadder it's not making me sadder or matter it's making me clinically insane i it's just what kind of guys are you into a uh, ancient man a <laughs> uh, ancient man is the funniest phrase i can possibly imagine <laughs> it's my cellar door it is just... <laughs> Oh, ancient man. <laughs> what does that even mean? Honestly, also, her definition is 1800s. <laughs> 1800s? Who do you play as? Be like humans never existed or technology. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you play as in like the Soulsborne games? You play as an oh, ancient, ancient man. man. Yeah. Oh, God. She says it like it's a secret. <laughs> she's uh, ancient man. She's like... Legend. God. Legend. Somebody was like, I need to follow up with her. I don't. And no, my, yeah. my head is funnier if she ran off and died. Like, it's yeah. just, she's <laughs> ran off she and vanished into the mist after. Leave it, like, leave it be. We don't need, you know, an ancient man girl showing up in Chipotle ads a week later yeah. because of how popular it is. Just leave it be. Don't make don't a the Disney Plus prequel series on how get she got to Ho out of it. Leave it be. Let it be its own thing. It's a perfect cryptid video. It is. I'll come out with heat. Uh, uh, the the corn kid song it sucks. It's bad. It's badly. Uh, it's it's catchy at parts, but the the corn part it hits too hard and it, it throws me off. I don't like it. <laughs> it's another thing I think I'm about shot. way too often. Corn. Nothing. It's not the song. Yeah. The starch. Think about that corn. Um. <laughs> I love corn. <laughs> That's all we got this week for episode 215. Feel like a dream. Uh, I will do this every week from now on, on the spot. Please. And please. which is hard because a lot of numbers repeat. Yeah, they do. Um, <laughs> 16. It's a dream. Once we leave the teens, Will, it's going to get wet and wild. I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to get 16. Feeling clean. All right. Um, it's an advance on next week's rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> you were good this week, so you get an advance on your allowance. Um, don't tell mom. Um, I've been Will. <laughs> You can find me at Will from online. 
online and also on Foursquare. <laughs> I'm Tyler. Don't tell mom. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tyler, I'm stuck in the dryer. <laughs> Stepbrother, <laughs> it's me, Tyler. I'm stuck in the dryer. Uh, <laughs> Life with Derek, the movie. <laughs> They're making a sequel series. Did you see? Why? That's what I screamed when I read that. Why? <laughs> is it on Disney Channel or is it going to be on like? No, I think a it's going to be. On, <laughs> it's. It's. I don't know where it's going to be. It's not Disney. I think the Canadian channel is, network is. Let them have it. it. But it's Let like. Have it. Uh. Uh. The. I do not know their names. I know Derek's name, but uh, Derek is now a single father. And his stepsister is married with kids, and it's like life with, you know. They're going to uh, hook up. <laughs> Do you think Derek and his step? Never mind. Um, I'm Tyler. They were, they were we about to stop recording after 745. <laughs> it's only 745 yeah, over Tyler here. has no excuse, honestly. No. This is what I'm like all the time. Uh, you can find <laughs> the, the pod- dry heat. Yeah, <laughs> the dry heat and TikTok are both getting to my brain. You could find the podcast online at Radish Pod. You could find uh, our Discord online at indiesaurus.com slash Discord. Uh, I'm online at Tyler from Radish. Don't recommend you following me. Um, <laughs> I'm not even going to say where I where you can find me. Damn. Y'all are the getting secret. Derek Forms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was too old for that show. I'm not going to go back to it. It's a good show. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> but yes. We have no bananas, we have no bananas today.